Welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show. This week we are talking about the event-based trading world. It's going to be an interesting year ahead as we see inflation and interest rates are the headlines. So what can you do as an investor to make sure that you're in the right kind of investments at the right time to add the right kind of return that you deserve? Plenty to cover in this show. We'll see you in there. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my offsider and co-host, Mitchell Renshaw. Pleasure to be here, Mr. Baxter. Thanks for having me and uh, the amount of strategy you've put together in that wardrobe this morning. I want to try and emulate in the stock market today. What a segue oh, that one is. I think is. my sock game has definitely taken a lift up this year. You can thank my kids and Santa for that. Happy socks. It's always the present that you give dad, right? It's a classic. <laughs> More importantly, though, today, AB, I guess, jumping straight into things, what I'd like to get your gauge on is, as we now have spent a few weeks in 2022, and what a bumpy ride it's been, particularly on a health front, is the strategy moving forward, maybe a different shift to what we've seen the last couple of years in the stock market? Yeah, I think it's uh, definitely on the cards. In fact, I think this is uh, a shift that we started to see probably around the end of November uh, of last year, and that's that move out of tech uh, into the more traditional uh, cyclical type stocks. Uh, and, and you know, given the fact that our, our outlook that we put together this year talked of interest rate rise in the US, and that's something that's looking increasingly likely, whether it's three, whether it's four rises, um, definitely looks to be on the cards. I do think the shape of equity markets will be a bit different to what we've seen in the last couple of years. And, you know, we've had some hassle on times where, you know, for the last, you know, two years, basically, everything has gone up, uh, irrespective of sector and stock almost. And, and now I think it's going to be a very different looking market, which will require a different set of skills if you want to win in it. Totally. And there's plenty of people out there that bought the NASDAQ in, you know, early to mid 2020 and would have been laughing. Uh, yep. But it was only last week that we saw the NASDAQ only, you know, half a percent off correction territory mm -hmm. for its all time highs, nearly down 10%. So there has been a large shift. But I guess to kick us off in before we move forward, can we get it just your gauge on what's happened thus far the last couple of months? Yeah, look, uh, we've talked to the fact that when you start to see inflationary pressures, and there's no question there's inflation in the US, you know, 7%, um, those companies that are on high multiples, typically tech companies that are on very, very high extended PEs, uh, tend to be discounted very heavily in the market. They sell off uh, because their present value is based on uh, an earnings figure that goes off into the future, which is worth less now because of inflation being worth more. So, yeah, that movement out of tech uh, into your more traditional stocks um, certainly uh, has been quite dramatic. You know, and you've seen some stocks, you know, 30, 50% almost away from their all time highs uh, in this pullback. So it's been very, very material. So what do you do? Well, you need to have a different game plan for one. Uh, and I think uh, this year uh, is going to see the market um, driven more by uh, stock specific event type trading as opposed to a generic markets moving up type approach. And I guess it comes down to your fundamental analysis mm. ultimately. And that's something that we teach in our ecosystem specifically is that top-down approach. Mm. When we talk about interest rates, specifically AB, the market, could you argue, is already priced in an interest rate rise or multiple ones of them? I mean, because we are still seeing that rotation out of tech into more cyclical stocks, mm. right? Where does it end? Look, uh, there are a few things afoot here. Um, when we start to see interest rates move up, you're going to see bond yields increase, uh, making bonds relatively more attractive uh, compared to equities. So you're going to see a swing into bonds out of equities, which you haven't had for an awful long time. Uh, and you know, and that water coming out of the bathtub, um, you know, drops all ships, so to speak. So it's not great for uh, a supportive equity market in the first instance. Uh, but there are sectors that will ride that out a lot better than others. Uh, typically, uh, in an interest rate rising environment, and yes. 
it may well be factored in, but it's a theory or an expectation or forecast right now versus the actual announcement from the Fed Reserve that we are moving interest rates up by X today. Um, it becomes a reality in markets. We'll have a knee-jerk reaction, almost irrespective of how well-priced that is into the market at that point in time. So, you know, you've got to turn your attention to the stocks that are likely to be able to weather that better than most. And yeah, the immediate one that springs off the uh, off the bat, of course, is financials and particularly the banking sector. We've got trades running in that space right now. Um, yeah, because yeah, banking, uh, when you have an interest rate rise, it's because the economy is hammering along. You know, we've got unemployment in America back down to pre-COVID levels, 2018 levels at 3%, I think now, uh, which 3. is- 3.9, I think, 9. almost full employment. Yeah. So yeah, technically almost full employment. Uh, you've got inflation that's off to the races. You've had huge amounts of government stimulus. You've had- um, you know, uh, quantitative easing, uh, which is coming to an end and being tapered out, uh, all of that points towards a more robust economy. And, you know, the banking sector is your bellwether place to go in a robust economy. You know, we saw it in Australia over the last 18 months or so as our banks, you know, really surged through uh, the COVID recovery. Uh, and I think we see the same thing in the US and the banking sector. There's already had quite a good run, but nothing like what we saw here in Australia. So, you know, there's some good catch up value. You know, the banks are reporting at the moment and by and large, you'd expect those numbers to be pretty robust. So, you know, the financial services sector, particularly banking, uh, in a rising interest rate environment is one of those places I'd certainly be looking to play. In terms of another play, let's chat now about volatility, which I know last year you made some really good money off, which <laughs> is awesome. Volatility, we're in, coming into, as you mentioned, corporate earnings. Yep. So every quarter, as we know in the US, companies have to uh, report their earnings as well as likely interest rate hikes. What's your expectation on volatility into the next sort of two, three months? Yeah, I think, you know, by and large, I think we're going to have a fairly positive results season again. But I think it'll also be, I think it's going to be quite divisive between those companies that have been able to handle um, some of the supply chain issues uh, and they've been able to pilot that off uh, versus companies that have really struggled uh, under that regime. You've also seen a massive shift in spending in the US uh, during, um, during the last sort of 18 months or so from services into goods. Uh, and again, um, you know, so there are areas that are in the economy that are going to suffer. And there are other areas, you know, which you've had the highest spending, consumer spending rate, uh, really since the end of the Second World War in terms of the growth rate. It's been nothing short of, you know, phenomenal. It's up something like 40% over the last 18 months, uh, whereas service spending has, has eased off a little bit. So, you know, companies that are well positioned in that space are likely to do quite well. As I say, the caveat is whether or not they've been negatively impacted with supply chain issues. Good example of that car industry, yeah, where you might have, um, you know, an almost finished car, which to all intents and purposes is a pile of assembled spare parts uh, waiting on a microchip to become a completed product ready for delivery and therefore revenue banked for that car company. So, you know, the, when that supply chain sorts itself out, I think um, you're going to see a surge in some of those companies that have that are sort of um, in a holding pattern, if you will, uh, waiting on, on components and, and an extended supply chain. So that's something for investors to really look out for. How well positioned does the company uh, been uh, versus uh, the supply chain, but there are other factors too. And announcement type trading um, really is at the pointy end of trading. You know, if you're an investor, if you're someone that's a longer term investor, this, uh, you can almost, I hate to say it, zone out to what I'm going to share with you over the next little while. Um, when we talk about announcement trading, it's, it is very short term in terms of what we're looking at. And typically we use derivatives to assist us in that, specifically the straddle strategy, uh, one of our go-to plays in that space. Uh, and you might be in trades for two, three, four days. That's it. And, and and, and be banking, you know, 40, 50, 60% over that time frame. Um, it's not everyone's cup of tea. 
Uh, you know, it's not supposed to be. It is a higher end trading strategy that's you know, got some fairly robust mechanics that we put in play to to help identify what we feel are probably the best quality opportunities. And when they when they come in, they are extremely lucrative. But as I say, this whole thing um, about announcement trading um, needs to be based on probably. Yeah, a deeper fundamental understanding of the business, particularly at the moment, because not all stocks are going to have a bumper result. They're going to be a lot of their struggle. Totally. And I think personally speaking, as you know, I, I focus a lot on announcement trading because mm. straddles are one of the strategies I head up here in our, in our ecosystem is the guidance. Mm. We look at last quarter's growth rate averaged about 30%. We are yeah. expecting less growth this yeah. time around about 22%, but That's how right. companies I guess, provide their outlook on the next quarter as such into the future is really the caveat for what will move mm. share price up or down, right? There is, that's exactly right. And and, and, and look, the open up trade uh, post-COVID was, was a big story towards the back end of last year. Um, there'll be other stories that continue down that pathway. And if we take an example, you know, Netflix, which is, you know, reporting this week. So, yeah, it hasn't reported as yet. But one of the things that is being touted is um, a little bit of, let's say, staleness uh, in the subscriber growth, either a decline in subscribers or at least a slowdown in the growth rate of that, which makes perfect sense. People are back to work. Unemployment has dropped down considerably. Uh, you've got full employment. I'm talking about the US market, um, which means less time to sit there watching streaming TV. Um, and, you know, and, and it's also a maturing market too. So, you know, there's talk that the company is looking to uh, increase its subscription fee, uh, which is always, always good from a revenue point of view, but that will obviously result in a decline in subscribers because it's a, a price sensitive decision when there are plenty of other providers that you can be going with. So I think it'll be very, very interesting to see. I think it'll be one of those that quite possibly disappoints, which again, if you're using a straddle and you've set it up in the right way, it could be quite lucrative for you if the share price drops. But yeah, here's a company that's renowned for its volatility, uh, made a lot of money on it, given a little bit back to over the years too, I might add. But by and large, it's been a great trade uh, in this style of, uh, of market conditions. And, um, you know, and it's been a big benefactor of COVID in particular, and I think it might be time for the, you know, the, the the dial to move around a little bit. Maybe it's had its time in the sun. Totally. It's a really good example of an event-based trade, as we mm. mentioned. And we don't just talk about corporate earnings. We can also talk about other little blips along the way, like mm. subscriber numbers, for example. So to yeah. ask your question, AB, what kind of events should traders be looking out for in the next you know, three or four months, so to speak, medium term, to be able to trade profitably on that? Mm. I think successfully trading strategy it's a niche strategy there's no question about it it's also very mechanical and from the numbers you know the model that we put together to to, to help facilitate that at the same time um not all stocks will perform in, in the way that you expect or that they uh, are anticipated to and i think straddles require a good level of fundamental understanding on the business to understand the sector in which it operates and, and why it's operating in, in that way um, so that your specific knowledge can really be rewarded. It's not something where you just go, oh, I'll just trade that. I've never traded it before. You probably want to work on your expertise on that stock. I'd rather trade you know, half a dozen stocks and know them very well and make a lot of money from it than try and take 20 trades and, and, and get busted on you know, half of them, which you know, can be quite expensive if you're on the wrong side of it. So you know, building up that, that full understanding of the business business model and what drives it, what makes it tick is key. You know, again, if we take something like Tesla, um, which again has been a phenomenal stock in the straddle space, you know, the key statistic there is new car sales, you know, 86, 87% growth in new car sales. So there's 940,000 units last year, you know, a, a record year for Tesla. Can that growth continue? Uh, quite possibly yes, particularly as we've seen that spike in oil prices a few months ago, driving people down the EV path. The flip side of that is, of course, how's its supply chain affected in terms of getting the components that need 
needs to be able to deliver uh, cars on volume to maintain those sales. That, that's the sort of nitty gritty, no pun intended, but the lifting of the bonnet, if you will, uh, to look at what's going on within the business that's paramount if you want to be successful in that space. It's awesome. And there's so many stocks which have these events or announcements mm. as such throughout the year, which our clients trade on all the time. Netflix, you've mentioned Tesla, mm. there's a myriad of them out there. Mm. I guess the question that, that we, we all want to ask you, AB, is developing that fundamental analysis is not easy. Knowing when to trade Tesla and how is a very arduous task and difficult to learn. Mm. Where do you understand the mechanics behind that? From the get-go, I think it's it, it's getting a good intuitive understanding of the business. Um, you know, oftentimes, it's easy to get sort of sucked into the smoke and mirrors of what you think drives a business versus what actually drives it. Um, and 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 yeah, really understanding what makes the business tick is key. Yeah, if you if you move outside of the two that we've talked of and and, and talk about say um, Walgreens uh, pharmacies in the in the um, in the US, Boots Walgreens. Yeah, what drives that? Um, what are the what are the factors that do it? And you think oh, it's a pharmaceutical business, so you know COVID would be good for it, and potentially yes, but also such a large tract of its revenue comes from people physically being in the shop, which they haven't been uh, buying other stuff. Uh, Walgreens a great place. You know, you're two o'clock in the morning, you're trying to get a sandwich because you're on your way home from somewhere and trying to maybe sober up, get your Elka Seltzer and a sandwich. Well, Walgreens is your place to go. But if you don't have that passing trade because people haven't been around, that value add sale, that type of retail uh, purchase is going to be in decline, which you know can affect the performance of the stock because ultimately it's a retail stock. Um, you know, equally, if you're looking at you know, Abercrombie and Fitch, what's the mall traffic been like? Have people been going out and about? Is their online business as effective? as it's uh, bricks and mortar type business and things like that. So it's really understanding what drives the company uh, and knowing where to get that data. Uh, you know, same store sales is important for retail, for example, to look at. So you can't be an expert in every stock. Uh, find your niche. And we've done a lot of work in the tech space because, you know, typically they can be more volatile stocks and therefore a much better opportunity, I think, uh, from, for a strategy like Straddle, certainly. So, you know, our focus has been largely on NASDAQ. Um, well, if you've got a, a particular predilection that you want to run straddles on a utility, well, you're going to have to do a lot of work on that sector to understand exactly what's driving it. So, you know, it, it is important to get your head around. As you rightly say, that's not the easiest thing to learn. It's not like learning how to read an indicator on a chart, which is pretty straightforward. Actually, is pretty straightforward. Um, whereas learning about fundamentals is so subjective. Uh, it's, it's something that takes a little bit of time. And obviously, yes, we do teach that. And it's then a question of just a, um, you know every week adding a new stock to your um, to your universe and, and, and learning what drives it until you've got a, enough stocks there to really make it work well for you. It's an interesting one, and I think the common theme there, volatility, events, and then interest rates. Mm. Are there any, I guess, other strategy or predictions that you would make for 2022 as we cap off here, AB? Yeah, look, I think utilities in some of the more defensive type spaces will continue to, to, to reap dividends. Let's, let's call them a safe haven play. Uh, for argument's sake, um, you know, in times of inflation, those sorts of stocks typically do well. So do uh, telcos because you, if there's inflation, you just pass the cost on to your to your end user, and there's not really uh, much argument. It's just more expensive to use the service. Um, so you know, they tend to be more inflation-proof type stocks, which would be quite important, I think, if we see yeah inflation maintaining uh, the current levels. You know, and the Biden administration have got a heck of a job on their hands to to try and rein in uh, the genie that's out of the bottle now. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, 
I think, you know, rate sensitive stocks, unless there's a really, really strong fundamental story, um, you know, that's supporting that, that generic tech play, for example, I think is going to be quite a dangerous path to go down. You want to get to grips with what's unique about this business and what are the drivers for this business uh, to justify being in it versus, oh, tech's just going well. Because, yeah, as inflation continues to, to, to run rampant, that is a sector that particularly that's going to be under pressure. Yeah, house builders, an interesting one. Um, yeah, rising costs get passed on to the consumer ultimately. But, yeah, at the same time, if there are um, issues like we've seen here in Australia in terms of supply chain and getting structural timber or glass or pipe work or whatever it may be, um, you know, that slows down you know, capacity to roll new stock out the door. So, you know, that might be something that impacts on that sector and that'd be certainly one uh, that I'd watch uh, very, very carefully. Also, labour shortages in that space too as we get towards full employment because, you know, construction is quite a labour-intensive industry. It's a lot to digest, AB. Mm. Plenty out there. And as you said, knowing your fundamental analysis is is pivotal here. So, thanks so much for your, for, your, for your take today. Is there any final words to cap us off? Look, it may sound complex, but I think, you know, it's like anything you just got to break it down to tin tax, Mitch, you know, work on a handful of stocks and understand what drives them. Uh, and, and the more simple those businesses are in the first instance, the better. And we've talked about Tesla. It's not a simple business, but yeah, ultimately the key uh, performance indicator is new car sales. We talked about Netflix subscription levels. They're two very, very um, simple indicators to get your head around. You start to dive into the banking sector and construction and so on. It does get a lot more complex, as does retail. Um, so, you know, there are a couple of examples of fairly, you know, they're, they're, they're complicated businesses. They're fairly easy to get your head around what the drivers are. And that's what I'd encourage people to do. You know, be on the sideline, watch it, learn a bit and say, okay, you know, da 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 da. Okay, that's the impact that that figure had on the share price. What can I do with that? next quarter. And that's the great thing about the US. Every 90 days, we get another earnings season and we can sort of get the crosshairs on the target and, and apply that knowledge. Uh, and the quicker you get up and running in that space, then the more money you're going to make, particularly using a strategy like Straddles. It's not for everyday investors. It's not something you're going to use every day because it's unique to the result season, but it is for people that are looking to get that sort of uh, sprinkles on top of the cream on the cake and uh, add value on their returns that way. That's for sure. Well said, AB. Plenty of money to be made. Cheers. Absolute pleasure. Anytime. There you have it, guys. Make sure you give us a review and a rating, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week.